Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of What the Chell Pod, your friendly neighborhood non-misogynistic hockey podcast. I am your hostess. My name is Haley, and yes, this is my first solo episode of What the Chell, so hopefully you guys enjoy it. I know it's going to be a little bit of a different dynamic from what you'd normally expect with me and Nat on together, um, but hang in there with me, and um, let's just go ahead and jump right into it. And I want to start off by addressing the elephant in the hockey world. Um, As I'm sure you all have heard, former NHLer Adam Johnson has passed away after an unfortunate accident involving a skate blade to the neck during a game in the Elite Ice Hockey League, which is housed in England. Um, What the Chell, along with the entire hockey community, greatly mourns his passing and wishes his family, friends, and colleagues peace and rest in this difficult time. Um, There were a couple of great tributes that I saw. The Ontario Reign, one of Adam Johnson's former teams, paid tribute to him during one of their games last week. And if you didn't see the video, I'll pop it up on our stories. But basically, a stool with his jersey on top of it was placed at center ice, and he was named the number one star of the game. It was a very sweet way to honor him and his time in hockey. And then the Pittsburgh Penguins also gave a great tribute to Johnson before their game on Monday. They showed a sweet video of his first NHL goal and all of the celebrations after it, as well as a couple of his little media interviews and highlights. And then both the Penguins and the Ducks stood in a circle at center ice. It was just really sweet and really moving. Um, And then the Penguins also wore an AJ-47 decal on their helmets to honor his memory and his legacy with the Penguins organization. And then due to this incident, the English Ice Hockey Association will make it mandatory to wear net guards beginning in 2024. And I think that's really a smart move, and I kind of do hope that we see more leagues making net guards something that is mandatory or highly, highly encouraged for players to wear Um, From what I've heard, they're not incredibly bulky. They're kind of more of a blade-resistant fabric, um, similar to what goalies wear. So it wouldn't be something that's incredibly inhibiting to players, but it would just be another step to safeguard players and keep the game safer and hopefully prevent accidents like this from happening ever again because it's just absolutely tragic and it would just be, in my opinion, the best for the entire hockey community to never have something like this happen again. So um, props to the EIHL um, for making that something mandatory. Okay, moving on to some NHL news. The Frozen Frenzy happened on Tuesday, and I saw an interesting graphic from NHL Public Relations that kind of broke down the games by the numbers. There were 16 games that totaled 102 goals by 93 unique goal scorers, and there were 944 shots on goal throughout the night. The first goal was scored at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and the final goal was scored at 1.45 a.m. Eastern Time. So it was a night full of hockey, and it was a lot of fun to kind of pop around from game to game and catch different pieces here and there. Of course, I prioritized the Ducks and the Caps. Those are my two teams. You guys know that, but I did get to catch a couple of other ones 
But can we just talk about how wacky NHL scheduling is? Like, I truly don't understand why every team plays one night and then the next night there's like one or two games. If there's a reason that I'm just not understanding, maybe it's something to do with TV scheduling or I don't know. But why aren't they more evenly spread out? To me, I feel like it would make more sense with sponsors and commercial spots and TV spots and things like that to spread them out because then every team gets, you know, they're more likely to be on cable networks rather than just streaming. They get more airtime. I feel like they get more sponsors and more viewership. I don't know. I think it's rather strange. Um, But Frozen Frenzy was pretty exciting and clearly a huge night offensively for the league. Um, There were also two shutouts during the night. The Lightning shut out the Hurricanes and the Bruins shut out the Blackhawks. And speaking of the Bruins, we have to address the fact that my little duckies beat the once undefeated Boston Bruins in the most spectacular fashion. In case you missed it, the Ducks were down 3-1 to one going into the third period, and Leo Carlson and Troy Terry rallied so hard to tie the score in the last two minutes of regulation, which was already insane enough. Um, I mean, I was jumping up and down on my bed, screaming like, oh my gosh, it was just insane. And then Mason McTavish finished it off by scoring the OT winner just two minutes in. And when I tell y'all the scream, I scrumped. It was just absolutely beautiful hockey. And I actually just finished watching the Ducks and Penguins game. And Mason McTavish won it in overtime again. So, I mean, just beautiful hockey, especially from Mason McTavish recently. And the Ducks are... Returning home from their road trip undefeated, which, holy cow, I don't think I ever thought I would say ducks and undefeated in the same sentence. But wow, what a year it's been for them so far. So keep it up, my little duckies. (laughs) Um, The Heritage Classic also happened this past week. And although they lost on the ice, Calgary won in terms of the uniform game. It was sleek, it was classic and clean. And the warm-up ear flap hats were a fun touch. Um, Edmonton's jerseys and beanies, or toques as my Canadian friends would say, were really nice. But their pants were kind of giving dad cargo khaki shorts. And just were really not the vibe in my opinion. And they clashed so hard with the jerseys. I don't know. I just thought it looked a little silly. Um, And we also need to talk about the walk-in outfits. Because they were interesting um (laughs) the flames seemed to give a nod to the calgary stampede wearing overalls with no shirts underneath as well as cowboy hats and boots it was very redneck yeehaw i'm from calgary let's go (laughs) and then the oilers really paid homage to their name by showing up in pre-dirty coveralls a la oil rig workers complete with hard hats and sunglasses, which, I mean, I guess it was nice to kind of pay homage to being the Oilers, but it was rather strange to me um, seeing these, you know, very, very well-off men, low-key celebrities cosplaying as blue-collar workers. 
I don't know. That was just kind of strange to me. I always love seeing teams' outfits for these special one-off outdoor games, but I was pretty disappointed by these, I won't lie. Um, the game was fairly enjoyable, though, with the Oilers winning 5-2, to two, and each goal was scored by a unique player, which is always nice to see. Continuing on with our news, we have lots and lots of news this week. Um, the Capitals entered their 300 era this week, with both Alex Ovechkin and Tom Wilson reaching milestones around the number 300. Alex Ovechkin became the first player ever to reach 300 career power play goals. Wow, congrats to Ovi. And Tom Wilson tallied 300 career points, so big congrats to both. With more records, Jack Hughes is currently the only player in the league as of this recording with 1.75 points in a game or above. In fact, he is averaging 2.5 points per game. And he was on a six-game point streak, but it was broken in last Friday's game against the Sabres. No one is surprised that Jack Hughes is absolutely killing it. That is a true talent on the ice. So averaging 2.5 points per game is incredible, especially this early in the season. Um, So I look forward to seeing him continue and see if he can maybe even get that average up. That would be super, super cool. Um, Shane Pinto of Ottawa has been suspended 41 games after violating the NHL gambling rules. Um, He was not accused of betting on NHL games, but it is unclear what exactly happened. Someone may have used an account under his name, for example, but investigations and discussions on any further consequences appear to still be ongoing. Um, The suspension began with Ottawa's first game of the season, so Pinto will be able to sign with them after December 1st. It is interesting, however, when many teams and the league itself are sponsored by sports betting organizations and casinos. Um, Personally, as long as he wasn't betting on the NHL and especially not on Senators games, I don't see a problem with it if he was betting on maybe the NFL or soccer or whatever it was. I think it's okay, but I literally know nothing about sports betting, so that's just one uneducated girl's opinion. (laughs) Um, And finally, wrapping up our news segment, um, Joe Thornton has officially retired at age 44 after 24 years in the league. He had an absolutely incredible run, and I wish him all the best in retirement. And maybe he'll end up being like Yager and keep playing in a different league until he's 527 years old. Who knows? But um, he has officially retired from the NHL, so enjoy your retirement, Joe. Okay, moving on to kind of our rambly topic of the week. So in honor of Halloween, which is one of my personal favorite holidays, I want to tell you all a hockey-related ghost story involving the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto. The building is supposedly one of the most haunted buildings in the city, making it one of the most popular spots for ghost tours. After years of the ghost being known only as Dorothy, her real identity and story were revealed. So grab a warm drink, Get in the spooky mood and settle in as I tell you the story of the Haunted Hockey Hall of Fame. 
I do want to give you a trigger warning. This story contains mentions of suicide and ghost activity, so if those are not your thing, feel free to fast forward. Our story begins in 1953. Picture the vintage cars rolling by and sharply dressed men and women walking along the busy streets of Toronto. The building that now houses the Hall of Fame was once a Bank of Montreal branch, and that bank is where our story takes place. 19-year-old bank teller Dorothea May Elliott walked into the bank that morning and did not walk out. She was described as a beautiful young woman and, according to Len Redwood, the bank's messenger, the life of the party, the most popular girl in the bank. However, Dorothea was carrying a secret. She was having an affair with the branch manager, a married man who was also housed within the bank's building. It appears that on the morning of March 11th, Dorothea's guilt took over her rational mind, and she, unfortunately, killed herself in the bank's second-floor bathroom. She died almost a day later in the hospital. Ever since Dorothea's death, strange occurrences have happened throughout the building, both in its time as the bank and as the Hockey Hall of Fame. Lights flick on and off, Doors and windows open and close unprompted, and moans, screams, and other sounds echo through the historic building. Staff report hearing footsteps while they are working alone at night, and a few have even felt a phantom hand on their arms or legs or shoulder. Rob Hines, a former employee of the Hall of Fame, had a particularly chilling encounter while preparing for an event. After walking into a narrow prep kitchen on the second floor, he reports feeling like he was being watched. Then, according to Rob, and I quote, one of the chairs, and this is the God's honest truth, was turning as if a breeze was in there, he says. It actually moved right into my hand. I'm rather skeptical about ghosts, but I just freaked out and ran out of there. So spooky. Another man, who was partaking in one of Toronto's haunted ghost tours, said that he heard a woman screaming on the other side of the wall while he was using the upstairs men's restroom. He ran out to his tour guide to have someone go check on her, only to find nobody on the other side of the wall. Despite showing herself in many eerie, disembodied ways, Dorothea has not wanted to make her physical presence known, except to one young boy who was visiting the Hockey Hall of Fame with his family. The boy began screaming, asking everyone around him, Don't you see her? Don't you see her? No one else could see her, but the boy claims he saw a woman with long, dark hair walking in and out of the walls. Staff and visitors to the Hockey Hall of Fame and when it was the Bank of Montreal, report feeling watched, as if somebody's always there, especially if they're on the second floor. A musician who was playing at the Hockey Hall of Fame for an event reported feeling way too unsettled to go to the second floor by herself because she constantly felt like someone was up there with her. So, if you find yourself at the Hockey Hall of Fame, Beware, and keep a keen eye out for Dorothea.
I hope you guys enjoyed my little story of the Haunted Hockey Hall of Fame. I am such a sucker for a good ghost story, so I was so excited to get to share this with you guys. And if you know any other good hockey hauntings, let me know. This is the only one that I could find, but maybe your arena or your team has some kind of legend or something spooky that's happened, I would love to know. Send me a DM on Instagram at whatthechillpod. Okay, moving on to our Woman of the Week segment, aka WOW. If you are new to What the Chill, Woman of the Week is a segment where I will highlight a woman in hockey who has made a difference, done something incredible, etc., etc. I just love getting to highlight people in hockey who aren't necessarily highlighted all the time. Obviously, I talk a lot about the NHL and um, the AHL and kind of those bigger leagues, bigger players, bigger names, but it's a lot of fun to get to have a segment dedicated to women's hockey and the women that are making a difference in the game as well. So this week's Woman of the Week is Taylor Heisey, who was the number one pick in the Professional Women's Hockey League draft this year. Since the PWHL was so recently founded, Taylor Heisey is also the first player ever drafted in the league. She is a 23-year-old forward and will be playing for Minnesota's team. The team names have not been released yet, so for now, I'll just say Minnesota's team. She played hockey in college with the Minnesota Golden Gophers and had an impressive career there, totaling 209 points across her four years with the team. She has also played in the IIHF multiple times, representing Team USA in both U18 leagues and women's leagues. In the 2022 IIHF Women's Worlds, she led the tournament in scoring with 7 goals and 11 assists and was named Best Forward and Tournament MVP. I look forward to watching her play in the PWHL in their inaugural season, and I think Minnesota definitely got a good pickup with as well as she did in college. She was also named to various accolades in college. Um, If you want to read a little bit more about Taylor Heisey, I found her Wikipedia page to be super, super informative and um, have a lot of information about all of her stats and records and Um, She's also been on a lot of other podcasts and interviews recently since her being the first person drafted in the PWHL is such a big deal. Like, that's got to be such an incredible feeling to know that you are the first person, you're the inaugural woman for this inaugural women's league that is hopefully going to be around for a long, long time and is going to grow and grow the game of hockey, especially the game of women's hockey, I'm really looking forward to getting to watch the PWHL as they kick off their season. And I think they chose really good cities for having a dedicated fan base because I know cities that the PHF were in had huge fan bases and very, very dedicated fan bases as well. So I'm hoping those fans will stick around and move to these um, PWHL teams and be just as dedicated and just as excited because I certainly am excited and 
I can't wait to find out their names too. I saw a list of supposed names, kind of rumored names, and they were really awful. Um, I The only one I remember is the Boston Wicked, <laughs> which to me just sounds like somebody was like, what's something that Bostonians say a lot? Uh, yeah, they say wicked a lot. Let's name our team that. So I really hope that that's not the case because that's absolutely awful. Um, so fingers crossed they have better names than the Boston Wicked. (laughs) All right, my friends, we are going to finish off this week's episode in typical WTC fashion by giving my three stars for the week. My third star is Anjay Kopitar, who skated in his 1300th career game on Saturday, making him the first player in Kings history to achieve this feat. Additionally, he is only the fourth active player in the league to do so, joining Ryan Suter, Alex Ovechkin, and Brent Burns. And Anjay's son um, got to come into the Kings locker room before Anjay's 1300th game and read out the starting lineup and it was really sweet because he read it and then he said and finally my dad Anjay Kopitar and you know the whole locker room cheered and he gave his dad a big hug and it was so so cute and so sweet I think it's so special when different people especially family members or um, make-a-wish children or someone like that get to read the lineups I just think it's such a fun little touch and an easy thing that hockey teams can do to just make it feel a little more special. My number two star is Patrick Laine. The Columbus Blue Jackets skater announced that he will be donating $1,000 for every point he scores this season to the Ohio Health Foundation, specifically focusing his contributions on men's mental health. And in a society that seems to increasingly dismiss men's emotions and mental health, to me, this is an incredible gesture from Line and a great way to use his income generously. I know last season on WTC, we talked about a handful of players who were donating money for every goal or every point they scored. And I just absolutely love that because I, I love seeing players using their income for greater purposes than just funding their lives because it's no secret that NHL players make so much money like more money than anyone will ever need in their lifetimes and so seeing them so many of them be so generous with their money and also with their time um, so many of them have foundations and charities and then they're constantly donating to foundations and charities and volunteering with them. I just think it's so wonderful. Um, So big props to Patrick Laine for continuing to make donations throughout the season, and here's hoping he scores a lot of points, not only for the sake of his stats and the Blue Jackets, but for the sake of donating a huge amount of money to the Ohio Health Foundation. And lastly, my number one star is Travis Dermott. In case you missed it, the NHL made a terrible ruling that players could not use pride tape on their sticks after already doing away with pride jerseys. And doing away with the pride jerseys was already controversial enough, and many fans, including myself, were not terribly happy with the league. Um, But then saying 
players were not even allowed to voluntarily use pride tape on their sticks, which is not that big of a deal, honestly. It's just they'll wrap the handle in some rainbow tape and oh, whatever. Like, it's just a nice way to show some support. Um, so, yeah, it was a terrible ruling. Um, but Travis Dermott of the Arizona Coyotes gave a big screw you to the league, wrapping his stick in the rainbow tape anyway. He just wrapped the handle. It was nothing big. It was nothing out there. But he wrapped the handle in pride tape during regular play. It wasn't just during warm-ups. He actually played the game with the pride tape. Um, and then the NHL seemed to change their tune pretty quickly afterward. Um, and they issued a statement noting that, quote, players will now have the option to voluntarily represent social causes with their stick tape throughout the season. Everybody cheered. <laughs> um, it was so honorable of him to step out and make a move that caused a necessary change. So everyone say thank you, Travis Dermott. Yay. Insert applause sound here. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's so great of him to, I know a lot of players were making statements saying, you know, we don't agree with this. We don't think this makes sense. We don't, you know, whatever. But for him to actually put his words into action and say, I don't agree with this, so I'm not going to do it. Because what are they going to do? Suspend me for a game or two? Okay, well, it's worth it to make an impact and to make a change. And clearly it was well worth it because now players can use pride tape and other special tape if they'd like. Now, if only we could get the warm-up jersey thing reversed, that would be ideal. Um... But I'm not sure that that's going to happen anytime soon, unfortunately. Um, but it is what it is. Maybe next season things will change. Um, so yeah, that's about all I have for you guys this week. I know it was a shorter episode. Um, and for it being my first solo episode, you know, I honestly tried to make it a little bit shorter just to kind of get into the groove of things and get to the swing of things. And um, I have some friends that have offered to hop on, some guests, um, some guest hosts as well. So hopefully here in the next couple of weeks, you guys will be hearing from me along with some other fun people. Um, and if you are interested in hopping on What the Chill, please send me a DM on Instagram or Twitter. I would love to have you on. Like I said last week, we can literally talk about whatever you want. If you're involved in the hockey world somehow, whether you're a player or you work for a team, any kind of team, beer league, AHL, NHL, whatever HL, any of them, or if you are just a super passionate fan, you have really strong opinions that you want to tell people about, or if you just want to come on and hang with me and chat about some news and some silly little hockey topics and answer some questions, I would love, love, love to have you. So please reach out to me. Do not hesitate. I will be more than happy to work out a time where we can jump on together and have a really fun time recording together. So that's all I have for you guys this week. As always, please follow What the Chell Pod on every social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at WhatTheChellPod. And please 
subscribe on whatever podcast app you're listening on, leave us a rating and a review. It helps us out so, so much, more than you know, and it helps spread the word and get What the Chell Pod out there. Tell your friends. If you love What the Chell and you have some hockey friends, please let them know about What the Chell or share our posts on Instagram, retweet our tweets. We always put up our episode posts and tweets on Tuesdays. Just retweet them. Share that post on your story. It helps us so, so much. And we're so thankful for your continued support. And yeah, that's about it. I hope you have a wonderful week, a very happy and spooky Halloween. And I will talk at you next time. Bye.